Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Nuwana is now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio. Country music because we paid homage for most of the first hour to the great Don Reed, legendary Grizz football coach who passed away yesterday at the age of 90, led Montana to the first national championship in school history. Appreciate Jim O'Day, former Montana athletic director, as well as Dave Dickinson. Well, great athletes in the history of the Big Sky Conference and certainly the state of Montana for joining us to share some memories about Coach Reed. And I asked those gentlemen, what sort of music did Coach Reed like? And they said, oh, country music. Play country music all day because that's what Coach really likes. So had a little Chris Ledoux, had a little Clint Black, and there's a little Dwight Yoakam for you uh, as part of our small uh, but certainly worthwhile tribute to Papa Bear, one of the great Grizz of all time. It's now ESPN Radio. If you missed anything in the, that first hour, you can find the great uh, memories from Jim O'Day and Dave Dickinson, plus some insight from Jimmy Rogers, the head coach of South Dakota State, about the upcoming national championship game, plus some info about the Winter Classic, Grizz Hockey's uh, latest endeavor, a uh, expedition up north to Kalispell to play an outdoor game. All of it on the Nuwana's Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Been a few weeks. A lot has happened in the NFL. And we got an FCS national championship game coming up. It's all football all the time here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Appreciate you for tuning in. Also appreciate Sports Bet Montana for their continued support of all the stuff we got going here. Uh, all football all the time. Talking through. The NFL through the betting lines perspective. So we'll do some guess the lines here. We also got some tidbits for you on who's playing, who's not, and everything in between. There's a whole bunch of quarterbacks that will and won't play. There's a whole bunch of players that are fighting for various types of bonuses. So we will take you through all of that. But first, I want to talk about the FCS uh, championship game. It's been well chronicled and... I'd say overanalyzed what the the uh, spread on this game is. It's interesting because the spread opened at 13.5 points in favor of South Dakota State. I think that a lot of people that are analyzing betting lines, they often look at it through the lens of an NFL line. An NFL line when a team is favored by 13.5 on a neutral field is a huge spread. That's a, that's a, a gigantic favorite in the NFL. Anything over 10 points is a huge spread. In college, it's not nearly as much. Yet, the narrative is that the Grizz are getting totally disrespected by the books as being multiple score underdogs. We'll get into the details of all of it, but I also think there's an interesting conversation to be had between the difference of the national books, Vegas, and all of the, you know, Bet MGM and DraftKings and all these books have it at, at, at between 13 and a half or 12 and a half and 13 and a half is what they have it at. In Montana, on Sports Bet Montana, it's 10 and a half. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there's a difference? Are they just trying to bait Montana people into betting one way or the other? Brooks Nuanas, by the way, joining us here on All Football all the time. Yeah, you got to think it's probably because they're getting money on one side to, you know, lower that down a little bit, try to 
save a little face if <clears throat> the Grizz end up winning. Vice versa, I think that the number's pretty high because this is a team that hasn't lost in two years. This is the defending national champions. This is a team that didn't lose to Northern Arizona. This is a team that has been to Frisco multiple times and played there and gone through it and experienced how much does it matter? Well, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter until it does, and I think it does, uh, at least for the book's perspective. Um, South Dakota State, are they a better team? They probably have uh, more talent when you talk about the the 24 players that start. You, know, you stretch it out to 26 if you had the returners. Those might be different guys, but you're probably looking at a, at a, a slight talent disparity, but not overwhelming. You're probably going to see it on the offensive line and maybe a little bit on the defensive line, but otherwise, skill position-wise and guys running around in the in the secondary and, and the linebacker levels, uh, you're looking at pretty even teams. So I agree, Colter. 13.5 is probably a little high. I think the 10.5 number is right on. When it comes to the experience of going to Frisco, You've been down there a couple times. You're on your way back tomorrow. As you listen to this, on, it's on Thursday. Our Skyline Sports crew will be headed down uh, on Friday to Frisco to cover the FCS National Championship game. What, When it comes to just the atmosphere of the environment, like what sort of factors play in or what sort of factors could influence this game? Well, the environment's great. I, the stadium is beautiful, and, and it, it, it fits – a ton of people, you know, it's a 20,000 person stadium, but it looks smaller than it, than that. Like when you're standing in the middle of it, but it's actually built just really functionally well, you know, college stadiums are oftentimes unique. The stadium is a professional stadium. It's built in a professional manner of the way that it kind of operates, you know, around the concourse and how you get to your seat and all that stuff, the bar area, the food areas, it's a professional stadium. It's a different, a different feel there. But as far as the field goes, every time that I've been Coulter, which is two different times covered Eastern Washington as lost to North Dakota state and then covered the cats lost to North Dakota state. Um, the field conditions were terrible. I think it's always been a, a factor uh, with in the last, you know, handful five, six, seven years. When you talk about Toyota stadium in, in Frisco, I don't want it to be a factor. I don't want to like focus on that. But they cut the grass very, very short. It's what they call soccer turf. It's meant to be very fast. But when you get 350-pound dudes on it in, in in longer cleats and they're grinding away at each other, it gets torn up quick. So natural grass field, not a lot of people are playing on natural grass in the college level these days. Uh, the weather should be fair, but we saw rain, you know, both years during the week and, and even one year on the weekend. So... All that to be said, it's still a football game, right? It's a nice stadium, and, and uh, I bet you it'll be in decent shape. And the, I don't think that the environment plays as much into it as um, as the preparation in the le- weeks leading up. You yourself went on a national tra- championship trip when you were redshirt for the Grizz, and there was a completely different playoff format back then. It was a 16-team bracket instead of a 24-team bracket. There was no buys at the beginning or the end of the playoffs. We're here now. Since the the rivalry game between Montana and Montana State, the Grizz have gotten four weeks off and played three weeks, so they've they've had more time off than they have had on the field. It's the same advantage for both same same scenario. I should say. I'm not actually even sure it's an advantage. It's the same scenario for both Montana and South Dakota State, having both. It's, it's the top two seeds. I think that's one of the reasons why maybe the line is striking to the layman person is because it is one versus two, so you'd think it'd be a a single-digit spread. But the fact that Montana has... I mean, Montana has had an insane amount of momentum since the calendar turned to November, then through December. Starting with the Sac State win, through the win over the Cats, and then through this this playoffs. 
I mean, Montana didn't actually particularly play that well in the playoffs, except for at moments in time when they were able to grasp the moment and seize the momentum and carry the day. And that's what that's Bobby Houck style. That's the way he wants to do it. But what do you think of that element of it? Because I think there's a lot of different factors to it, right? There's there's the rest versus the carrying the momentum. There's the getting healthy versus the getting rusty. Then there's the preparation part from the coaching perspective. And Bobby Houck and his staff, they've never been to Frisco, but a lot of them have been in bowl games. A lot of them have been um, in the national championship game before, back when it used to be in Chattanooga. Uh, so, I mean, guys, I guess what do you think of just sort of the – Bobby Halkis said this is an objective huge deal for us to have multiple weeks off compared to how it used to be when, you you know, you'd win and then you'd have to turn around the next week and have a short week and go all the way out to Chattanooga, Tennessee. What do you think of just having extra time for Montana? I don't know if it benefits Montana at all. I think it benefits teams like North Dakota State, South Dakota State that have been there before. I think that um, – whether you've been in a bowl game or you've planned for a month off at the end of the season, like Coach Houck mentioned that he and many of his coaches have done, when you're playing with momentum, and that's what the Grizz's greatest advantage is right now, is a tremendous amount of momentum. You talk about team, you talk about all that stuff. Well, if you separate the team and you break the momentum, there's no way you can carry it over a month. It's not real. There's there's no way that momentum lasts that long, especially when you take time off, go see your family. You're not around it the same. It just changes, and you get healthy, and all that's good. But feeling good doesn't help anybody if you're losing fifty nothing, right? Like you don't need your knee to be feel better if that's going to be the case. So you want to carry some momentum. Um, so I don't think it necessarily benefits the Grizz. That's that's kind of you know that that could not be true too. I that's a personal perspective. I know that. The Grizz in 2008 and 2009 were probably feeling pretty darn good about going and playing the next week. They lost both those games. So I think that there's it, it, it is what you make of it. I think this day and age, the preparation, whether you're watching film on an iPad or someone's stealing your film or someone knows your bunny ears, hot routes call, whatever all that looks like might be all be BS. But I do think that in this day and age, a guy like Coach Houck, uh, you could probably prep, you know, scheme it up, prep it up real well and, and, and have a couple good weeks to get healthy. But again, I don't see giving South, a team like South Dakota State extra time as being a benefit uh, if you're a two-touchdown underdog. Did so many podcasts over the break that I haven't done the radio thing in a little while. <laughs> so I got to I gotta get back into the, the rhythm of doing all the resets. It's all football all the time. Brooks Nuhat has joined us here uh, on Nuhat is Now ESPN Radio. It's presented by Sportsbet Montana. I'm glad you made the point of the momentum that the Grizz seemingly carried the last two times they went to the national championship when Bobby Houck was the head coach in 2008 and 2009. I think that's an interesting parallel analysis because a lot of times the bracket doesn't set up where the two actual best teams are the one and two seed and they win their whole sides of the bracket. A lot of times one of the top seeds gets replaced by one of the other seeds and then, you know, like the Cats getting home field advantage as the eight seed in the semifinals of the playoffs because they were able to go to the one seed and knock them off. What I'm getting at is a lot of times a matchup between two of the uh, between the two best teams or two of the three best teams happens before the championship game. That happened in 08 and 09. All the credit goes to Richmond and Villanova for winning those respective national championships. But Montana and James Madison in 08 and Montana and App State in 09 were the best teams. Montana won the game against the other best team in the semifinals. 
Then they had a massive letdown. And I know that there's a lot of more circumstances that go into it. There was matchup deals with Richmond. Lawrence Sidbury just kicked the absolute hell out of Montana's offensive line. Brett Russell got an ankle injury. Cole Brookwood got the helmet to the thigh. There's all these details that go into it. But make no mistake, Richmond was a team that surged, whereas Montana, they had just beat the number one team in the country on the road, had to go back home and then come back. Same thing in 09. They beat the reigning, you know, the dynasty of the time uh, in the FCS in Appalachian State. They'd entered Armani Edwards' career. One of the most thrilling games ever. That's where I do think that the break is a little bit of an advantage for the Grizz because if you're South Dakota State and you're coming off of a 59 nothing butt kicking over Albany where you were just, you know, you were celebrating at halftime and you were ready to roll. I mean, you knew you were going to Frisco. The mission accomplished, we're going back, all that sort of stuff. And so then you can you can sort of shift your mindset before the game's even over. Whereas if you're Montana, you play that game against North Dakota State, Man, there's so many different ways you can have a fallout from that. Positive, negative, all of the above. But I do think the Grizz were able to just settle, absorb, and then reset. So maybe, you know, there's just not the 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 roller coaster that comes with, you know, beating such a premier opponent in such a thrilling way. I think that you're absolutely correct, Colter. I think that anytime you have a chance to beat a team like App State, like James Madison at the time, to get a huge playoff win and then have to turn around within three or four days and play another really important game on a neutral field and travel to the East Coast. I agree with you. That's all um, is serious consideration for being something that the Grizz could use a, a break from. But I also have to push back and just say that those Grizz teams beat the number one teams in the country per, you know, the, the, the teams of their time and then played teams that were the upstart surging team. Yes. The Grizz right now haven't beat the number one team in the country. They're about to play them. They're the upstart team that needs that surge, and it's not going to happen for them because it's going to be – there's a really unique thing about the the warming up during the national championship game. I always love walking the sidelines, feeling the energy. Sometimes I'll just know a team is dead. You're just like, this team is about to get crushed. And then sometimes you'll be on the sideline with a team that's significantly um, – the underdog, and you're like, this team has got so much juice. Like, this is going to be a game. The national championship game, none of that really matters because it's such a neutral environment. It really doesn't have that feel. And I think just the most talented, best team just kind of ends up winning. Well, that's why I can't wait to get your perspective from the sideline. Brooks Nuanas here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio because when we were walking on the sidelines, we ran into ex Easter Washington head coach Bo Baldwin. He was down there. He had just taken the job at Cal, but he was down there to you know watch his guys because he recruited that whole Eastern Washington team. So we were hanging out with him, and he was like, man, you watching this North Dakota State offensive line? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm watching them. I've never seen an offensive line that looks like that warming up. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it's the same deal. I mean, you got Cordell Volson, who's starting for the Indianapolis Colts, and Cody Mock, who's starting for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you got like watching NDSU during that height of prominence go through their warm-ups and their like offensive line drills and just looking at them. They 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 have three full units, five, five, five. And just watching them, you're like, dude, the third string looks better than any any offensive line I've seen. And, but then you look over here, and there's Christian Watson, and there's Jabril Cox, and there's Easton Stick, and there's Darius Shepard, and there's Hunter Lepke. And you're like, I mean, every single dude I just named is literally in the NFL right now. And you're like, this is not the same thing as what we got. And that Eastern team was nice. They had tons of juice. Eric Berrier was sweet. They had all sorts of good players. And the same thing in 2021, that was supposed to be like a uh, not as good of an NDSU. I mean, 2019, I thought was probably the best team I've ever seen in person, that NDSU team. And a, a testament to the fact that they have literally 10 guys in the NFL from there. 
But that 2001 team, or 2021 team, excuse me, they still had dudes. I mean, Lepke was just rutting around looking like man bear pig, you know? And so that's what I'm so interested in because how do you say this? It's a heck of... I don't want to take shots at people that have nothing to do with this game, but I just think the Grizz have a significantly less chance of being intimidated during the pregame as the other teams we watched going against North Dakota State. That said, I don't know if South Dakota State is as intimidating as North Dakota State, but maybe they are. We're about to find out. I mean, we saw South Dakota State in Bozeman in the semifinals two years ago. Um, And yeah, it's not the same as what North Dakota State had. And now that the Cats and the Grizz have, have... you know, the Grizz have always been big and the Cats, you know, they've had, this is, this is nothing new, but the Cats in the last five or six years, they've, they've really developed a, quite the depth and quite the size up front. So like they weren't intimidated, rather they looked like what you're talking about. They look like, you know, an NFL front when you got a bunch of 300 pounders and, and guys that could move, but yeah, no one looks like North Dakota state. I don't, I don't anticipate North Dakota, South Dakota state to look like that, like what you're mentioning. Um, the one thing that was so important to what you just said though, Coulter, is Eastern Washington in 2019 had a chance in that game. Yeah. There was like a time in the third, I'm not even going to say like in the middle of the f- fourth quarter where they were down by like nine points and they were like driving. And it's like, they totally have a chance in this game. And why do they have a chance? Because they had Eric Berrier. The Grizz, when you talk about pregame stuff, they don't have the hype train that some people like roll with and the energy that some people roll with in pregame. They don't need it. They they know how tough they are. They don't have to play the tough guy role, like take our shirts off, paint our faces all crazy. Like they have plenty of guys that, you know, like to get up and amped, but it's a different vibe just because they kind of they have a game plan. They know they're gonna get in a fight. That's what they want to do. They don't need to like, you know, show that off yet. Regardless. The only chance that Eastern had was Eric Berrier. So who's that for the Grizz? I think it's pretty simple. It's Junior Bergen. Can Junior Bergen win a national championship? Can someone like that, one of those skill players, one of those stars, step up? Because man for man, in the middle, the front seven, nine on seven, you know, you're talking about running the football. It's going to be an uh, extremely physical, hard-fought game. Who's Who can be a separator? We're going to continue talking about this matchup on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. You can check that out on SkylineSportsMT.com later on the week. We'll probably post it Friday. Usually it's a Thursday episode. We'll probably post it Friday since the game's not until Sunday. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But last thing on this before we get into some NFL stuff, Brooks, it's all football all the time presented by Sportsbet Montana. So we just analyzed all the reasons why the line is the way that it is. What do we think of the line? I'm not asking you to make a pick, but I've heard from both sides. I've heard, man... South Dakota State's so dang good. Hammer the Jacks to cover whatever number all the way up to three touchdowns. I've also heard, man, the disrespect. If the Grizz are double-digit favorites, I'm taking the Grizz all day. What do you think of the number? 13 and a half, super high. I, I I don't really see... I don't know. I don't see the Grizz losing by two touchdowns. I don't know how I feel about their their chances overall. I mean, I think anyone could win this game. I mean... I've said it to a lot of people. If there's a team in the country I don't want to play, it's the Grizz. Yeah, sure. And that has nothing to do with if you think you can beat them or if you're kind of if you are going to beat them or if you're more talented or if you think you can game plan. I just wouldn't want to play that team because of the chaos, the ability to turn you over, the the and then the skill players, you know, the three receivers, the stable running backs. I mean, they're they're playing at a pretty high level. I wouldn't want Clifton McDowell to have 16 carries against my defense and and hope and pray that it just goes well. I just wouldn't want to play the Grizz because of the physical style, as I mentioned. So that being said, I would never say a team that I don't want to play is a two-touchdown dog. So I'll just leave it at that. I think that 
I would feel way more comfortable with the line at anywhere between six and a half to nine and a half would feel like more of a realistic line where then if you wanted to bet uh, South Dakota State, it would make more sense to me. Um, obviously, if you're a fan or, or, or you have a really good feel on it, take whatever number you feel. 13 and a half, as you mentioned in the NFL, Colter's very high. I think it's high in college too. And the total, I find the total fascinating because the to- we always talk about how like the perfect number for the total is 51 and a half because 27-24 is like a common football score. That's an NFL common football score. That's actually a little bit low for a college football score. That said, I mean, South Dakota State's given up 130 points this whole year. I mean, they're giving up less, a little, a shade under nine points per game. The Grizz are giving up a shade under 14 points per game. They're two of the five best scoring defenses in the country. Yet the book thinks it's going to be, at least by the standards of these defenses, a really high-scoring game. What do you think of the uh, the total, 51.5? Yeah, I mean, I think that that seems plausible. I think that each team was going to score in each quarter. So what does that look like? I mean, that's I think if it's a field goal or whatever it is, I think it's, you know, 7-3, seven, 7-7. Seven, seven. That means someone's at 24. Um Last thing I'll say is that if you feel comfortable about 13 and a half, you got to be feel comfortable uh, with 21 because the Grizz can be down 21 and, you know, blow that lead for you. Or they can be down 20 points and backdoor cover on you. Um, so that's, again, 20 points in a national championship game against the second-best team in the country? I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't take that bet. But. Well, football all the time. Brooks Nuana is joining us here on ESPN Radio. We'll take a little bit of an early break. We'll come back with more NFL talk right after this. ESPN Radio. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Appreciate you for tuning in here on this Thursday. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for all of our continued coverage of Grizz football. So the latest end of the year, we've covered Grizz football in my six-plus years at ESPN Radio. Our Road to Frisco coverage is presented in part by Town Pump. Town Pump has kept us fueled up all season long, brawl the wild by the mile, back for year three. We did the math, traveled about 4,200 miles uh, on the highways, all over the Western United States, and the Town Pump is kind enough to send us down to Frisco, Texas as well. So appreciate Town Pump. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Town Pump near you, Montana's best for more than 50 years. Brooks Nuana is joining us here on Nuana's Now. It's all football all the time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. There's Sportsbet Montana kiosks everywhere, including a ton of them at Town Pumps. So uh, it's a pretty... Uh, linear and easy uh, partnership there. If you're getting some gas, you can run in and uh, check out what the lines are on the uh, the betting kiosk. We talked all all things FCS championship and betting line a little bit ago, but let's talk some NFL stuff. First of all, a couple tweets to, to go over. And we usually don't really get into prop bets. We usually only analyze the lines and the totals for the games. But here's just a, a quick hitter on some stuff. I don't know if this is going to sway you one way or the other. It might have some influence in... The way games go, it also might be something where you want to throw a little money on some in-game performances. This is from Sal Vetri, who's a a national NFL writer and uh, also runs a a website called Sal Bets. And uh, he's he's pretty good with especially the uh, the player prop stuff. So here's a couple notes for you in terms of get the stuff that guys need for big time roster bonuses and contract bonuses. And maybe, you know, maybe you believe that this will make these guys hungrier to achieve such things. So Odo Beckham Jr. for the Ravens, he needs 185 yards for a $750,000 bonus, five catches for a quarter million dollar bonus and two touchdowns for a 500 K bonus. 
I am almost guaranteed that Lamar Jackson is not going to play. We'll get to the quarterbacks that are maybe in and out here in a little while. Uh, maybe that influences it, but Odell Beckham is probably going to be looking to put up some numbers. Chris Jones for the Chiefs needs half a sack to get $1.25 million. They're playing the Chargers, which is one of the worst offensive lines in the uh, NFL, so that's an interesting one. Austin Eckler needs 110 total yards for a $100,000 bonus. Uh, he's had over 100 total yards in uh, four games this season, so sort of likely. DeAndre Hopkins for the Cardinals. Uh, excuse me, not the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins for the Titans. Uh, got traded. DeAndre Hopkins uh, needs 49 yards for a million-dollar bonus, seven catches for another 250 k and if he plays just 75% of the snaps in this game, uh, he gets another 500 k So a lot on the line for DeAndre Hopkins, almost $2 million in bonuses. Tyreek Hill needs 248 yards to set the all-time receiving record. Uh, he's playing against the Bills. They have a good secondary, so maybe that's maybe one you don't lean towards. Geno Smith's got a lot on the line for the Seahawks. If they secure a playoff spot, he gets a $2 million bonus. The Seahawks are one of the teams that have a lot to play for, so we'll get to that too, maybe with the way that influences your bet. So a uh, lot for Geno on the line. He's been so up and down this year. Dalton Schultz, the Texans tight end, he needs two hundred or he needs four catches for a two hundred and fifty k bonus. If he gets six catches, he'll get another two hundred and fifty k. The uh, Colts defense has given up the sixth most catches to tight ends in the NFL. Jordan Love, if the Packers make the playoffs, he gets five hundred k. So maybe that influences what you think of of the Packers bet. And on down the line, we don't need to go through every single one of these, but Sal Vetri is the guy tweeting this stuff and. Uh, it's just an interesting way to think of Week 18 because Week 18 is certainly uh, analyzed in a variety of uh, different ways because there, you got teams that are out, but maybe they're hungry to go into the offseason with some momentum. You got teams that are out and maybe they're hungry to lose, so they have draft picks. Then you got teams that are that know they're in, so maybe they rest guys because they want to stay healthy. And then you got. Uh, teams that aren't in, but if they win, they're in. So that's an interesting dynamic as well. Quickly, before we do some guess the lines, here's where we're at in terms of who's into the uh, the playoffs so far. The Ravens have clinched the AFC North, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Do they have they already clinched the number one seed? They have clinched the number one seed, so they have home field throughout the playoffs in the AFC no matter what happens. That's influential. Hold that thought. The Chiefs have clinched the AFC West, but they still need to make some moves to be able to get more than a, just one home game as a division champ. The uh, Miami Dolphins and the Cleveland Browns have also clinched AFC playoff spots. So four playoff spots have been clinched. The other three playoff spots will come down to the Bills, the Steelers, and then whoever wins the AFC South. you got the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Colts all tied at 9-7 and seven atop the AFC South. In the NFC, the Lions have clinched the uh, NFC North. The San Francisco 49ers have clinched the NFC West. The Cowboys and the Eagles have each clinched playoff spots. That's the same thing as those AFC teams in the East. Um, even though the uh, the AFC East remains up for grabs, the, the Dolphins have clinched a playoff spot. The Bills still getting towards there. But the Cowboys and the Eagles are both in. But that's, there's huge, huge ramifications on both sides because the champion of that division is going to get one of the top two seeds. The non-champion of the division might win 11 or 12 games and still be the five seed and have to go on the road in the playoffs. 
The Rams have clinched one of the wild card spots, and then the other teams that are available in the playoff race. Three teams from the NFC South, the Saints, the Bucks, and the Falcons are all tied. <laughs> and uh, then you got the Packers and the Vikings and the Seahawks. So a whole bunch of <laughs> yuck <laughs> there for those last uh, NFC teams. So uh, your thoughts, Brooks and is here on uh, All Football All the Time, presented by Sportsbet Montana. Your thoughts on the playoff picture before we get into some guest lines. Don't leave out the Texans. The Texans play the Colts winners in. So, Texans are playoff bound, Coco. You never know. It could happen. Um, there are five teams that if they win, they're in. You've named them. The Jags, the Bills, the Colts, the Bucks, and the Packers. Those five teams, they win, they're in. The Texans also win, you're in. So, let's give it six teams. There, some of those teams play each other. Win and you're in. Steelers win. They need some help. Seahawks, Saints, and Falcons win and need a lot of help. None of those teams have a very good chance of making it. The only way that the Saints and the Falcons stay in it is if the Panthers beat the Bucks. Don't see that happening. The only way the Vikings stay in it is if the Panthers beat the Bucks, as well as several different other scenarios. I think that the 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 liar the uh, the Rams have to lose the someone you know five different teams have to lose for the Vikings to get in. So we're still looking at a pretty solidified playoff picture. Um, the only thing that I have to say is the five seed, five and six seeds, which right now is the Browns and the Bills and the Eagles and the Rams, I'm not trying to see any of those teams. If I am the Dolphins and the Chiefs, and I have to play the Bills and the Browns respectively, I'm hammering the 5-6 seed there. I The, the Chiefs do not want to play the Bills no. at all. And it, or Sorry, the Dolphins don't want to play the Bills. And the Chiefs especially don't want to play the Browns in the first round uh, with the way things are going in Kansas City. So I think that the wild cards are setting up to be some serious, um, some serious action. I also love... You, got, you know, sitting right now, the Lions and the Rams would play in the first round. Matthew Stafford back um, in Detroit would be quite the, the narrative as well. Say, okay, so give me the teams again. The Jags, the Bills, the Colts, the Packers. Those four when you're in, what, who's the fifth team? The Bucks. I had the, okay, the Bucks, the ones I was missing, and then the Texans. Okay, so let's start there then uh, with the, uh, the guess, the Lions. So um, let's start with those those uh, teams that when you're in. So you, you give me the matchups. Well, I, I want to just bust out a couple lines that are important. So there's, there's two Saturday games, the Steelers at the Ravens. The Ravens aren't going to play anybody. The Steelers need that win, but they need a lot of help. So the NFL.com has them at 62% if they win, that they're in. So they still need help. That line's at three and a half points. Um, I think you can, you can do all sorts of stuff with that especially because, again, the Ravens are going to rest up. The other Saturday game, the night game, is the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts for the playoffs. That one, as you can imagine, Colt, there, do you want to guess Texans at Colts? So first of all, the quarterbacks that are starting, Nick Mullins is starting for the Vikings. Carson Wentz is starting for the Rams. Trevor Simeon is starting for the Jets. Easton Stick is starting for the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor is starting for the Giants. Sam Howell is starting for the Commanders, Mason Rudolph is starting for the Steelers. Jarrett Stidham is starting for the Broncos. So, and Sam Darnold starting for the 49ers. So those are your backup quarterbacks that, uh, but no announcement from Baltimore yet. Marty Mornoweg, who is a former Ravens coach and has coached Lamar Jackson, he was hollering and hooting on Monday saying, Ravens got to sit Lamar, Ravens got to sit Lamar, but they, there's indications that they might not. So that's a fascinating game because, 
okay, you sit Lamar, you don't sit Lamar. I don't know. If you don't sit Lamar and you risk getting hurt and you're playing a team that needs to get in, plus it's a division game against one of the most physical teams in the NFL, that's that's a that's risky business right there. I also think that's such a – I'm going to stay away from that game. I'm going to watch that game, no doubt. But I'm going to stay away from that game because – when there, there's there's a lot of like divisional rivalries where like teams like quote unquote hate each other, the Ravens and the Steelers hate each other. They hate each other. So I just don't know. I, I just think that that's such a, a a coin flip game when it comes to Houston and Indianapolis. I don't even know uh, what to think of of that game either. The, it's in Indy. The Colts have been better. I'm saying the Colts are three and a half point favorites. Texans, one and a half point favorites on the road. Pretty awesome. So other games that have playoff implications. Um, the Falcons at Falcons at New Orleans Saints. They need help. They need the Bucks to lose to the Panthers, which we'll do next. But first, Falcons at the Saints. <laughs> I'm gonna say the Saints are one and a half point favorites. Three and a half for the Saints. Uh, got the hook on there as well. And then you jump right into it. The t- same time slot. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Carolina Panthers for the playoff berth. Well, we, 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 you never gave me what the Ravens-Steelers line is. I think if, the, if Lamar Jackson, if the book thinks Lamar Jackson's playing, I'm saying that the Ravens are four and a half my favorites in Baltimore. Yeah, I gave it to you. I said three and a half because we weren't going to guess because Lamar's not going to play. Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the playoffs against the Carolina Panthers, who are surging, talented team. Talented team. Can't even get the number one picks. They got to give it to the Bears. Bears are literally smoking cigars in the locker room celebrating because they know they got the number one pick and they somehow, some way, inexplicably got themselves up to seven wins already. Uh, the Bucks are whew, in Carolina. The Bucks are nine and a half point favorites on the road in Carolina. Four and a half points. So can Carolina play spoiler to the entire NFC South? You never know. Uh, Crazier things have happened. Uh, Other games that matter, Colter, the Vikings have to win and then get so much help. Tons of help. I texted you the scenarios the other day because you're a a diehard Vikings fan, which has been awesome for your entire life. And the Detroit Lions are hosting the Minnesota Vikings who are in a must-win situation with Nick Mullins. First of all, I got to say, I don't really know if there's been a quarterback situation that has been as mishandled as the Vikings quarterback situation. Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. Okay, that puts you behind the eight ball. Then you go with the pastor not, Josh Dobbs, and he's hot for a couple weeks, and nobody can really figure him out. But then they figure him out, but instead of sticking with him and, like, working through it, you say, ah, no, we're going with Nick Mullins. And then you say, oh, no, we're going with this rookie from BYU who literally can't throw a spiral. I know that's being harsh on the guy, but... Man, that was a terrible debut. And then they bench him after just one half. The volatility and the the lack of patience at quarterback for the Vikings has been crazy, especially considering if this was a team that was like a three- or four-win team, which a lot of things would indicate that they should be, given that Kirk Cousins has been out for most of the year, Justin Jefferson's out for part of the year, and they're just not that good. Yet somehow they're in this mix to maybe make the playoffs. Detroit, they've already clinched the division, but they have some stuff when it comes to home field and even the number one seed that they can get it done. And I just don't really see Dan Campbell really taking his foot off the gas. I'm saying Detroit is seven and a half point favorites at home. Three and a half points. So yeah, these are some low lines. I kind of uh, was anticipating lower lines, but these are these are quite low. 
Um, let's get to another game that matters, Colton. Let's get to another must-win game. The Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks need help, but they, they have no chance if they don't win. If they win, 64% chance. Man, and then there's Arizona, who just look at their record, one of the worst teams in the league. Since Kyler Murray's been back, they've been decently competitive, and they beat the Eagles last week. Whew! I might actually bet Arizona in this game. Just a straight thwart the Seahawks because uh, I, I already got some money in the bank on the Seahawks because I, I bet them to have over seven and a half wins. So got that one there. But I do have another ticket that's the Seahawks into the playoffs. So Seattle is a da, 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 three and a half point favorite on the road. Two and a half points. So nice and even there. Um, I agree. I think the Cardinals are playing well. Uh, they have no reason to not win it. They just lost. Uh, uh, beating the Eagles last week dropped them out of the top three picks, guaranteed, I'm pretty sure. So might as well just roll the dice and go for it. Uh, it's the NFL, man. I mean, it's really hard to tank. We've talked about that extensively. Uh, is another game that we'll do the, probably the game of the week, Coulter. Uh, the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. All football all the time. Presented by Sportsbet Montana. Download that Sportsbet Montana kiosk. There's a new feature on there you can... I know a lot of people think it's annoying that you have to go to the kiosks to bet. And a lot of times you got to put cash in and whatever. Well, if you have money in your account on the app and then you plug the, the uh, bets into your phone, you can click on this new feature that gives you a QR code. Then you can go scan it right there on the kiosk. You want to throw a little, some more cash on there or you want to use your money in your account, you can do all that. So get that Sportsbet Montana uh, app in your life. Buffalo at Miami. The the Bills the Bills are in the playoffs already. Is that correct? The Bills have already clinched a playoff spot. Do they need to win and get in? If they lose, they still have a decent chance. But they haven't actually officially sewed up a playoff bid, even though they are ten and six. It's so funny, man. I get the hype behind the Dolphins. The Dolphins have some some pretty uh, fun stuff about them. I think they've been getting hyped because of their unorthodox head coach. They've been getting hyped because of the resurgence of Tua Tonga-Vailoa. They've been getting hyped because the Cheetah, Tyree Kills, chasing all these records. They, they're a high-flying, high-scoring team. They're on hard knocks in season, so people have been getting an inside look at the locker room. They got 11 wins. They're atop the division. They've already clinched a playoff spot. I still don't think they're better than the Bills. And I don't even think the Bills are that good. I think the Bills have had an up-and-down year. I think they're playing better lately, but I still don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I have not been able to buy into the Dolphins, and it's just because when you play that style and you have that identity and you have all these super-fast guys that you build your whole team around, well, when those guys start getting hurt, which is just inevitable in the NFL, you're going to get banged up. And guess what's happened? Rashid Mostert's missed time. Jalen Waddell's missed time. Tyreek Hill's missed time. They, they just keep on going down the line. Uh, it's a good story. The Dolphins are cool. I'm happy they're in the playoffs. I still just don't think they're a contender, really, to make a run in the playoffs. I know they're at home. I know it's Sunday Night Football. I know they're going to be juiced up. I think it's a bad matchup for them. I think the Bills are... Uh, I know the Bills aren't favored in this game, but I'm probably going to put some coin on the Bills to go in there and win this game. I'm saying Miami is three-and-a-half-point favorites, and I would definitely look at the Bills as a, an underdog in this game, a road dog going into Miami. What's the line? Bills, three-and-a-half-point favorites Ooh, on the road. The buck agrees. Yeah, and then they'd have to go, you know, if, if the playoffs shake out in a certain way, which it's it's looking pretty promising um, for that, then they would travel back to Miami, depending on... 
Um, actually, I think the Browns are secured in the five spot. Let's see. The Browns are secured in the five spot. So depending on what the Chiefs do and, and kind of, you know, how the AFC plays out, I'm not certain that the Bill, the Dolphins are uh, settled into the two seed. If they were to fall to the three seed, it would be a rematch in the first round of the playoffs against the Buffalo Bills again, uh, which again, I would not want to see if I was the Dolphins. All football all the time presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at, there's a Sportsbet Montana kiosk near you. Uh, the one win in your end game that we skipped was Jacksonville at Tennessee. I'm saying the Jags are four and a half point favorites in Nashville. Yep, I left that one out just because I felt like they were pretty strong favorites and they're five and a half point favorites. Um, that one is a Jacksonville, let's say that Jacksonville loses Coulter. They still have a 25% chance. So again, a lot of scenarios um, we'll know after that first slate of 11 o'clock games, about 95% of the playoffs will be sewed up. Seeding will play after that. Again, the backup, the teams playing backup quarterbacks this upcoming week includes the Chiefs, the Texans, the Rams, the Vikings, the Jets, the Chargers, the Giants, the Commanders, the Steelers, uh, the Patriots, and the Denver Broncos. So uh, last thing for you here on All Football All the Time, will you consider any of those things when you're uh, you're making your wagers and uh, putting together your, your uh, parlays this week? Uh, not as much as you might think. There's a lot of good players in the NFL, and guys can get hot. Quarterbacks can get hot. We've seen some new quarterbacks come in and have a splash week and just play really well. And I, I just don't think it's something that maybe I'd lean on in, in certain situations, um, kind of game to game. But overall, Coulter, it, again, there's the NFL, you can disrupt so much on both sides of the ball without talking about the quarterback. You can get after everybody. You know, we can watch Patrick Mahomes play poorly. We can watch Josh Allen play poorly. We can watch dang near every quarterback in the league can play poorly. And in the same vein, every quarterback can play fairly well. We've seen Joe Flacco on a heater. We've seen, um, you know, Jake Browning on a heater for a while. I mean, I just think that in week 18, when you're having an NFL career that it's maybe your last snap, maybe the last snap on that team, maybe their last contract you get. I just don't think that uh, you can underestimate the willpower of some of these guys. So I think it's a smart thing to look at and definitely consider. I wouldn't bet um, necessarily, you know, a a bunch of only parlays against uh, starting quarterbacks with backups on the helm, but I I think it's a little less than maybe uh, you'd expect off the top. Just rapid fire. Who is your NFL MVP this year? Lamar Jackson. I agree. Action Jackson is the MVP. Two MVPs for Lamar Jackson now. Who is your NFL Defensive Player of the Year this year? Miles Garrett. We're on the same page. I, 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 uh, I, I, the only other guys I really thought about that were maybe in the mix were TJ Watt and Max Crosby, but uh, Crosby's on a team that's not going to the playoffs, and TJ Watt's on a team that's trying to eke their way into the playoffs. Watt leads the league in sacks, but Garrett's right behind him, and Garrett's just been so disruptive. Garrett also... Garrett had the the deal where Miles Garrett had like 10 sacks the first seven games of the season. And then he every team just said, okay, well, we're just gonna we're just gonna double and triple team this guy. Well, the Browns are still unbelievable defensively. Maybe the other guy you could you could weigh is is Micah Parsons. He's been outstanding as well. 
I'm eating my words on him. I, I always thought he was good. I just wondered if it was sustainable. It's sustainable. He's an absolute freak. It's unbelievable to watch him. Um, okay. Uh, any quick thoughts on coach of the year? I know Mike McDaniel has got a lot of uh, juice when it comes to that. But uh, I, I, in my personal opinion, I think that it's uh, either Sean McVay for pulling the Rams out of the tank or it's Jim Harbaugh. John Harbaugh, excuse me. I don't think it's particularly close. I think the MVP is is a harder conversation. I think the defensive MVP is a harder conversation. I think Coach of the Year is not even close. It's Kevin Kevin Stefanski. Four starting quarterbacks. They won two games with a guy they cut. They they went two and two and then cut him to play a guy that I'd never even heard of. I mean, they played four quarterbacks. They have 11 wins. They're 11 and five. They played four quarterbacks. None of them are good. 11 and five. It's not just the quarterbacks either. I mean, Nick Chubb got his knee bent backwards. I mean, they've had injuries across the board. Pretty much all of their reputable players have been hurt at some point this year, if not being knocked out for the entire year. So that's good. I I actually I am remiss for overlooking uh, both of those. I think that D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, Mike McDaniel in Miami, uh, John Harbaugh in Baltimore. All, but you're right. I think it's actually not even close. It's Kevin Stefanski. Now that uh, now that you bring that up, they are uh, they're nasty, nasty, and they're going to be a problem for somebody. Uh, in the playoffs. It's Nuanas Dow, ESPN Radio, all football all the time. For Brooks Nuanas, I'm Coulter Nuanas. We'll be back right after this. Oh! It's Nuanas now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. ESPN Radio, thanks so much for kicking it with us here on this Thursday. Closing down in on it. It's crazy because usually I'm like running around all crazy. And it's certainly been busy since we've been back. But I'm unfortunately not going to Texas. I played that song because that's the song everybody's been playing when they book their tickets to Texas, whether it's NDSU or Montana State or South Dakota State or now Montana. There's other better Texas songs, I just got to tell you. That song's fine. <laughs> There's just other better ones. I heard a little God Bless Texas earlier. Maybe a little Amarillo Sky. I don't know. Seems like there's just better ones you could go with. I digress. Thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate you for being here today. Fun show. Certainly started out on a somber note, but worth remembering. The late, great Don Reed passed away yesterday at the age of 90. Appreciate Jim O'Day and Dave Dickinson for coming on and sharing some memories with us. We also uh, heard from Jimmy Rogers, the head coach of South Dakota State. We also heard from Mike Anderson, the head coach of Grizz Hockey. We heard from Brooks Nuanas breaking down the FCS championship game and all things NFL. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Rajim Seabrook will be with us. we got top 10 storylines, top 10 matchups for this national championship game, the Chicken Dose of Sports, and more. See you then. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Coulter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.